Welcome to Getting Credit, a podcast focusing on financial markets, corporate credit, and timely insights from Pacific Funds. Here's your host, Dominic Nolan, CEO of Pacific Asset Management, the sub-advisor for the Pacific Funds Fixed Income Strategies. Hello, and thank you for tuning into number 25. In the next 10 minutes, I will be touching on market action in August, Fed tapering, inflation, and the economy. And as always, finish these updates with a personal thought. That's a pretty boring lead, but I think there's some great information to come. Let's begin. I'll start with market action in August. In general, pretty robust month. S&P was up 3%. Uh, The real observation, in my opinion, has been the lack of traditional businesses outperforming. So over the past three months, the Russell 2000 value is negative. Meanwhile, technology has ramped up again, has been up 7% over the past three months. So again, a divergent between tech businesses and the traditional businesses. And when you look back through the crisis or through the pandemic, the tech businesses were doing well when everybody was in. The traditional businesses started to outperform when the economy was opening up. So we've seen a little bit of a reversal over the past few months. When I look through, it tells me the market's feeling growth rate, the growth rate is slowing. We are further away from stimulus and Delta is affecting both return to office and travel. So you have this, again, leadership taking hold from big tech once again. International continues to underperform and in the bond market, credit story strong as both high yield and floating rate loans were are clipping their coupons and it's been a pretty low volatile asset class this year. Meanwhile, the aggregate index, which is more interest rate sensitive, was down 19 basis points. So year to date, broad-based bonds, slightly negative, down about 70 basis points, but high yield and floating rate loans up around 4% to 5%, depending on the index. One of the observations from August was that the NASDAQ hit 15,000 for the first time ever. When I reflect back, the NASDAQ reached 5,000 in March 7th of 2000. It took almost over 17 years for it to hit 6,000. And since it hit 6,000 four years ago, it's up 150% since, and it's now at 15,000. Meanwhile, energy up less than five. So a very divergent view from a sector standpoint. And I think we're going to see more and more of those secular themes play through to investment performance. On the fixed income side, very mixed. We are right now in this push and pull on inflation, which is putting pressure on rates moving higher and tapering. Meanwhile, you have, as we talked about, a little bit of growth rate slowing, and we are further away from stimulus. Credit side, pretty much coupon clipping-ish as prices have seemed to run. Let's jump to the Fed. In late August, the Fed held their Jackson Hole Symposium. And two things are really not concerning, but on the minds of the market. One is tapering, which is the reduction of the monthly purchases of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. And the other is indications of rate increases in the future. I think the line from Chair Powell's comments of, we see substantial further progress towards our maximum employment and price stability goals is an important sentence here. For the Fed to raise rates, they want to see that progress from both price stability or inflation and employment. Well, my view is that the quote, substantial further progress test has been met for inflation, Chair Powell said, and clear progress towards maximum employment. 
If that clear would have been substantial instead of clear, then I think the Fed is setting themselves to raise rates. But in this particular case, it means the Fed is sending the markets a message of, we are going to begin tapering. And then maximum employment is going to be the real determinant for rates to move higher. Really what the Fed is indicating is how tight financial conditions are gonna be. So with tapering, they're essentially letting up on the gas. Once they raise, they're going to be tightening. And again, it's not the first rate move that matters. It's usually the last one. I wanna to touch on inflation for a bit here. The core personal consumption expenditure index, that is what many feel is the primary index the Fed uses, hit its highest level since 1991, so 30 years, at an annualized rate of 3.6%. That is substantially higher than the 2% levels we may have read about or heard about over the past decade or so. So inflation's there. And again, the Fed has acknowledged that. What I find interesting is when you get to the whys. And the ISM August report has some very interesting comments from companies in various sectors. So a company in the transportation sector said, strong sales continue, but production is limited due to supply issues with chips. A food company said, supply chain functions have been relentlessly challenging. All things from freight, constrained labor forces are further exacerbated by COVID-19 absenteeism. High prices everywhere are wearing our employee base down. When you read these consistent comments from companies, folks, to me, we are in a stagflation environment. We've heard that. And what does that mean? It means you have inflation without significantly higher growth. And I still believe it is mainly due to supply constraints that are preventing, that are causing inflation. Obviously, you have demand, but it's the supply constraints that are really the differentiator this time around. Also know housing's up 18% over the past year. All these things, asset inflation, base consumption inflation is flowing through. But to me, the root cause continues to be COVID, hence supply constraints, which causes labor disruptions, logistic disruptions. Another thing that has been stoking inflation a little bit is been the chip shortage. In particular, how it affects automobiles and manufacturing of that and supply. If you were to go back to February, March, I think most of the manufacturers would have felt this is this would be reduced by the end of summer. What we're seeing now is the tightness is actually intensifying at a time when most would have expected shortages to moderate. So where we sit today as it relates to chips is that 2021 is big. There's going to be a shortage through this year. It's really at what point in 2022 will there be relief on the chip manufacturing supply? And that does roll through to a lot of high-end high -end purchases, which will obviously have its effect on inflation and again, monetary policy. Well, what does that all mean? It, to me, it means this is more transitory than structural in nature. That's where I sit today. It is a hotly debated topic, but that's where I'm anchored in. Tangential to inflation is the job situation. So let's touch on that. On September 4th, the unemployment benefits from the CARES Act ended. 
So what does that mean? In theory, on the, you know, on the margin, more people should apply to go back to work once extended unemployment benefits end. So jobless claims for that week totaled 310,000. That was below what Wall Street had expected. Estimate was in the 335 to 345 range, it came in at 310. To give you a reference, over a year ago, it was over 800,000. So those filing for unemployment have, you know, has dropped dramatically. And hopefully that trend will continue. And again, why does that matter? That obviously feeds into tightening monetary conditions and Fed policy. But the root cause of what will be uh, preventing it, in my opinion, is still the Delta variant. The Delta variant is adjusting return to office. It is, you know, it continues to, to drag down supply and logistics. So all those things are being affected. And at the core of it to me has been the Delta variant and COVID once again. So when I add all this up, what does that mean for fixed income? Well, still in the same spot I was back in February, the corporate story is still pretty strong. They have access to the markets, they're able to refi, and the economy is still going doing well. So as it relates to the debt side, defaults should continue to stay low. However, again, on the fixed rate side, inflation is the massive uncertainty. So staying short duration on the credit side, whether it be through investment grade credit or below investment grade credit to me has been a very good trade. And I think that momentum will continue, although it reduced returns given how things have run. Lastly, I will conclude with a brief personal thought or reflection. A couple of weeks ago, dropped off my son at, at his college. So he is a freshman now at the University of Wisconsin at Madison. And it was a very seminal moment in my relationship. And what I mean by that is he and I had shared some thoughts and I just said, my role with you, I feel, is, is going to change or has changed. I felt it was my job Part of my job as a dad when raising you is to hold you accountable and to instill a work ethic and certain behaviors. I go, now I feel like you're at a place where the world's going to hold you accountable. And my role will be more of an advisor and a champion. And I think when I look back, my role had been changing as he's grown, but I think that was more where it needed to change. It is changing, and I think we'll be better for it. Even though, as a dad, I, I mourn the loss of what was my young son, who is now a man. Despite how hard this change was, I'm excited about the change. And I think our relationship will be even more fulfilling over the next decades. So lesson is a simple one. Embrace the change. Thank you and stay tuned. One basis point equals 0.01%. 
The aggregate index refers to the Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index and is composed of investment-grade U.S. government bonds, investment-grade corporate bonds, mortgage pass-through securities, and asset-backed securities, and is commonly used to track the performance of U.S. investment-grade bonds. The core PCE price index is defined as personal consumption expenditures, PCE prices, excluding food and energy prices. The core PCE price index measures the prices paid by consumers for goods and services without the volatility caused by movements in food and energy prices to reveal underlying inflation trends. Investment grade refers to the quality of a company's credit. To be considered an investment grade issue, the company must be rated at triple B or higher by Standard & Poor's or Moody's. The NASDAQ Composite is a stock market index that consists of the stocks that are listed on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. The Russell 2000 Value Index measures the performance of the large cap value segment of the U.S. equity universe. It includes those Russell 1000 companies with lower price-to-book ratios and lower expected growth values. A short duration strategy is one where a fixed income or bond investor is focused on buying bonds with a short duration. The S&P 500 index is a market capitalization weighted index of 500 widely held stocks often used as a proxy for the U.S. stock market. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of the principal amount invested. The views in this commentary are as of September 8, 2021 and are presented for informational purposes only. These views should not be construed as investment advice and endorsement of any security, mutual fund, sector, or index, or to predict performance of any investment. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice as market and other conditions warrant. Any performance data quoted represents past performance, which does not guarantee future results. Any forward-looking statements are not guaranteed. All material is compiled from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Sector names in this commentary are provided by the funds, portfolio managers, and could be different if provided by a third party. To learn more about Pacific Funds, prospectuses and other information can be found on pacificfunds.com. Pacific Funds are distributed by Pacific Select Distributors, LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC, a subsidiary of Pacific Life Insurance Company, Newport Beach, California, and are available through licensed third parties. Pacific Funds refers to Pacific Funds Series Trust.